Make sure you tighten your blindfold because we're running at you quick in our review of Bird Box and Bandersnatch on this episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. Hi, I'm Tim, and I'm joined by... Travis. And John Dodson. And in this episode, we're doing a Netflix double feature all about Bird Box and Black Mirror Bandersnatch. People describe seeing an entity that takes on the form of your worst fears. Oh my god. What are you looking at? What did you see? What is wrong with you? Please stop it! In Bird Box, Sandra Bullock leads a stellar cast in a story of survival in the years following the arrival of a monster that causes nearly everyone who sees them to commit suicide. For this segment, we're taking the Bird Box challenge and recording everything blindfolded. Under no circumstance are you allowed to take off your blindfold. Alright guys, what were your thoughts on Bird Box? Travis, you're first. You know, I feel like the first like two thirds were better than the last third. I thought it was pretty good overall. Um, it just, I don't know. It felt like it didn't hold tension very well. I liked the premise of Sandra Bullock was just amazing in it. And the supporting cast was all really good. I don't really have any specific complaints, except the tension just didn't feel like it was there for most of it. And I mean, I'd still watch it again if I was in the mood for some movie like that but you know it, it kind of felt like they were trying to to look for something that was like a quiet place and it wasn't nearly as good as a quiet place and I think that might have been part of it that it just kind of felt a little derivative of it even though it was based on a novel that probably wasn't influenced by a quiet place it just seemed like the the point of the movie was probably to ride that quiet place fever but no i mean still overall it was really good i i did enjoy it but i feel like they could have done a little better with the tension john your thoughts yeah so i'm going to talk about some of my thoughts and then do you all mind uh tim after you're done with your thoughts if we talk a little bit about critiques that i have of it we probably all have some critiques great yeah okay so overall um i watched bird box by myself um at night in the living room which is a good way to watch this movie with the lights out (laughs) so to me uh it was actually pretty tense uh and i think to the film's credit i think it has some less tense moments to mix things up so it's not just tense 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 and i remember this one point in the movie where i was like ah i'm just so with so much tension that i just wanted to fast forward it but then the movie kind of gives you reprieve so i was really happy about that i think sandra bullock drops a really good performance um here some people say she's wooden i i don't actually agree i think that if you sort of understand her character and what's sort of going on with her it makes a lot of sense why she would seem so stoic i suppose but uh, i i liked her performance a lot i think sandra bullock is amazing i i love watching her and i think she's really good in this movie i think she's really good here this the soundtrack is by uh, Trent Reznor and yes. Atticus Ross of Nine Inch Nails. And Amazing. I think it's r- really good. Yeah, it's really subtle. It helps paint 
the film's really bleak tone and they do a really good job. I mean, Trent and Atticus are always good. Nine Inch Nails is like one of my favorite bands ever. And I really like a lot of the scores that they do. So um, it was really fun to before I saw Bird Box, they tweeted, hey, you know, you can buy the Bird Box soundtrack. And I'm like, oh, man, that's great. I can't wait to watch it because they know how to make some weird music and they've got some weird stuff here. And it's really cool. Um, I love apocalypse movies and more so movies that happen as the apocalypse is going down. And the movie really mentions that and kind of tries to have some fun with it um as it's you know um having a you know as it's sort of running your uh lead characters through um the coals too so you know i really enjoyed it quite a bit now it's not a perfect movie and i and i don't really think of it like that but i had a lot more positive to say about bird box than i have negatives and don't worry we're going to talk about critiques later but liked it quite a lot um sandra bullock did a great job yeah, I think Sandra Bullock did a pretty good job. Um, I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. I can definitely say that uh, this just, you know, furthers my belief that the apocalypse is the worst possible time to have children because children will just make everything more difficult. And I say that as a parent, so. <laughs> With running water and things not trying to kill you, it's hard. I can't even imagine yeah. what would happen yeah, if exactly. everything was trying to kill you and you're trying to make it happen. It'd be way harder. Yeah. Yeah, two of my coworkers are um, avid fishermen, and both of them said, like, I talked to them separately before they had even talked to each other about it, and they both said that, you know, it's hard enough for me to get into a boat without a blindfold on, but to get into one with a blindfold and two kids, I don't believe that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I I think the tension was pretty pretty good, and that they kept it tense through most of the movie. Um, the performances were, were good by everybody involved. Uh, all the characters were, you know, um, I thought did a pretty good job overall. I I thought it was a pretty fun movie. All right, John, you've said, uh, you wanted to get into some of the critiques for the movie. Uh, what specific critiques had you read about? Yeah. So, um, spoilers, obviously I'm not really, I'm probably going to spoil, you know, even at the top or whatever, you know, but, um, I, again, these critiques don't mean I didn't like the movie, but sometimes I'm like watching a movie and I'm like, huh? <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't mean that I didn't like it. It just means that there's some fun nerd things to talk about. The first one for me was, um, wow. Okay. So I call movies that have an ending like Bird Box, I call them the Harry Potter ending because we've all seen the Harry Potter series of films, right? And you read the books and how JK ends the books is by this, I would say, fan service ending that I don't like that kind of ending, because basically it's like if you spoiler for the Harry Potter, by the way. Okay, so at the end of Harry Potter, um, everyone's all grown up. Harry's grown up. He's married to Jenny. He's got kids. They're going to Hogwarts. They're named after everyone that died in the books that he really liked. Like Albus is one of his kids names and Severus and all that kind of thing. And it's, it's a fine ending, but it's just kind of too saccharine for me. It wraps it up with too neat of a bow. 
And it basically doesn't leave any mystery for what's going to happen, right? I think the best kind of endings are just sort of ending things off and looking off into the sunset. And you kind of don't maybe know what's going to happen next. You know what I mean? You kind of think about like, well, you know, does, you know, Harry and Ginny get together? Do they have kids? Do they blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like how you end up Return of the Return of the Jedi, right? You basically are you're on the you're on the planet with a little uh, little dancing bears, you know what I mean? And everyone's just kind of hanging out and then you look over and there's your ghost dad you know what i mean that's probably it's a good ending you know what i mean you just you don't you don't uh even if your ghost dad's anakin you know as uh as hayden christensen it's still fine you know it's still a fine ending <laughs> um the ending for for bird box is that harry potter ending um it's not that they don't they get to the end and everything's fine for them it's just that it's it's just too neat i felt um it just seemed out of tone with everything else. You have this movie where they're going through hell, essentially. And then at the end, it's like, oh, they go to this place with a bunch of blind people. <laughs> and then and then everything's great. And then there's a bunch of birds. And it's basically utopia. And it's like, it just didn't feel right to me. It didn't just seem right. But I bet a lot of people like the ending um, when you go through that kind of like haunt, you know, that sort of like monster ride. It's kind of nice to have a really great ending, but I just didn't like it. What do you guys think of the ending? I mean, I could have been wrong. It's a style thing, obviously, but I, I didn't love it. What do you guys think? It was a little convenient, but I mean, it was fine. I thought the um, the doctor being there just by happenstance was a little random, but and again, a little convenient. But yeah, I mean, it was fine. I mean. The I like the kind of twist on it being a blind community and that's how they were able to survive. That was kind of a, an interesting little bit of it. But yeah, I can kind of see your point about the Harry Potter thing. I don't think I felt as strongly as you did about it, though. See, I had almost the opposite uh, thought about the finale here because, you know, they get to the the school of the blind here and it's like, OK, they have a safe place to hide out for the moment. But now what? They still have to provide food for everybody. They're going to need supplies. Like, do they have working electricity? Like, do they have working plumbing? Where are they going to get their water? <laughs> I was like, okay. So, I mean, that's cool that they have a nice place to sleep tonight. But what happens yeah. tomorrow? <laughs> they eat the birds. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like there was a couple birds for everybody. I don't know how long that would last. But. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's cool that they find like a safe spot for now, but I would say it's far from a like everything's happy utopia ending the monsters are still out there the world has still basically gone to hell (laughs) yeah i mean everyone's still screwed out there i mean it doesn't stop it yeah that and how long until a a roving band of crazies come and uh like you know storm the the school (laughs) for the blind here hopefully a long time So uh, there was another uh, thing that I want to talk about. So originally the monster, if you looked it up and there have been some um, tweets about early um, art design for it, the monster that if you look at it made you kill yourself, it it originally looked like kind of a monster baby thing. Um, And it was kind of weird looking, but more funny. And and originally, as, as I read an article about it, was that Sandra Bullock would laugh at it. Um, when they were filming because it wasn't that scary, right? The, the actor and the makeup and that kind of thing. So as one thing that they did, and I think this is to the movie's credit, is that they you basically don't see the monster at all. 
you just see people basically reacting to it and you kind of think it's invisible. And again, I think that's to the movie's credit, because once you do a cut of the movie and you realize, wow, this thing's not even scary a little bit, um, you basically make it up to the imagination of the person or just make it to be a mystical wind force or something invisible or whatever, which I think is great. I think, again, it works. It works. Um, However. It made the ending kind of bad, I think, for me, because the ending is essentially just them running around the forest and tripping over things and screaming and hearing things, which. okay, so. All right. I'm going to put on my comic book guy nerd hat for a second. (laughs) And if you're (laughs) used to walking around blindfolded for like. I don't know, six years or something. You're going to be better at it than those people are at the end of the movie, right? At the end of the movie, they're just running through the forest and falling over everything. You're going to be pretty good at moving quickly by either having like a cane or by like just holding your hands out in front of your face or by like walking and kind of tipping up your feet a little bit to sort of tap what's coming, which you can do actually, you know what I mean? Just kind of, so I don't know. I just, I just felt like the ending was. Because I imagine the original ending was filmed with the monster there and them confronting it. But then when you cut it out, you're being confronted by what? Sounds? Tripping over stuff and losing someone? I don't know. I just thought the ending for such a really cool movie um, didn't quite land for me. I don't know. What do you guys think about it? Yeah, I I guess if you are having to live with a blindfold on that much you'd think after a while they'd get sort of used to it and figure out ways to uh sort of adapt and certainly not be tripping over stuff as often as they did especially with the kids having grown up in that environment you'd Mm -hmm. think that they'd have adapted a lot more yeah pick up a stick (laughs) put the stick in front of you yeah i think that like i didn't have a problem with them not showing the monster during that part and I wasn't really thinking about it from the point of view of they should be better at this. It was just kind of the the fact that for, I don't know how long it was, but it felt like 10 minutes, they were basically just yelling and tripping. And that was one of the points where I felt like they were trying to build tension that wasn't there because it was, it was almost comical at that point where they were standing Agreed. up, scream, fall. And that, it that did not land for me. I, I did really like the fact they didn't show the monster though. I thought that from kind of a point of view of the characters themselves. They have never seen these monsters because if they did, they would be dead. So it was kind of interesting to never show you that because the characters hadn't seen it. Um, I don't think that was the reason they chose that. I think they chose it because the monster looked ridiculous, but still, I think it, (laughs) I think it was effective, but I agree with you on the end. That just did not work for me. I think it was a smart move not to show the monsters. Definitely. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And I agree with that. I just think it created a problem at the ending where they're tripping down, falling and this kind of thing. And it's not, you know, the ending just didn't wrap the movie up very well. It wasn't very, it was just not as good as the other stuff. So um, it's fine. Again, I didn't, I didn't dislike the movie or whatever. And those are the only two real critiques that I had of the film. So. Okay. There was one uh, criticism that I I have heard leveled against this film, and I I actually kind of agree with it. And it's that, um, so while these creatures are making everybody, like, want to kill themselves, it doesn't affect people who had mental health problems. 
Instead, people who had mental health problems, uh, they don't commit suicide, but they try and force other people to look at the monsters so that they'll kill themselves. And, like, that kind of sucks. Like, people with mental health problems, they get stigmatized bad enough as it is without getting turned into, basically, you know, the mo- the monsters of a monster movie. Like, that kind of sucks. I agree, and we're going to review a movie, um, or we already reviewed a movie, in, in the release order, you've, you've already heard our, uh, our review of Glass. Um, and in, like, Glass and Split, it's the same, right? You've got people that are quote unquote crazy and then they're, you know, bad. And, you know, most people with mental health don't, um, aren't dangerous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mental yeah. health issues. They're not dangerous like that. And I think Hollywood doesn't, uh, do them a service. I think it's a lot like, you know, how you look at, and I, this is the world's worst comparison. And it's not even a comparison. I'm just saying though, that like Hollywood writer writers pick bad guys. Right. And it's easy to yeah. pick People with mental health problems, it's easy to pick Nazis. I'm, again, these are not similar. I'm not comparing Nazis with the health. I'm just saying, like, if you're building bad guys and stuff, Indiana Jones, you know, you, you pick up Nazis or whatever. And then later on, you pick up, um, you know, apparently like Russians or whatnot and, and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So so I agree with you. I mean, I think, again, most people with mental health aren't that. Um, the term crazy is not a mental health diagnosis. Yeah, <laughs> it's not um, at all. So uh, I totally agree with you. And, and funny, because I, I was thinking about the movie and I sort of looked at it like and I know the the bad guy in the movie or one of the bad guys in the movie um, said that it's, you know, people escaped a mental health institution and they're, you know, they can look at it because, you know, they, they want bad things to happen. I sort of thought that was what he said. But my sort of read on it was and I think maybe this would have been better is if it was people that are bad in general not crazy but bad people that they want yeah everyone to die like like you know people with like rage issues are like really bad people like murderers or killers you know what i mean that kind of thing yeah like, people who had done horrible things exactly like, that would have been yeah that would have been yeah, like absolutely and i and i think that could have been the same you know better um and then it would have made more sense frankly um i think but uh yeah yeah yeah, and I was I was thinking that like this wouldn't have like really fixed the problem, but it could have at least like a couple of lines of dialogue about how they thought that people who had like had suicidal thoughts and had worked through them with therapy were a little bit more inoculated against it. It would have made it less of a stigmatized thing that these people who are, have mental issues are crazy and they're trying to kill people. It would have put in a little bit of context and helped the problem. It wouldn't have fixed it, but I definitely do see the it's kind of a a trend in Hollywood to to make people like present people who are have mental issues like that. And I think your John, your your idea would have been an even better fix. Just have it bad people come out like this instead of just mentally ill people. Right. We've been seeing this in movies since Psycho. Oh, and yeah. I you know, I don't oh, th- yeah. I don't think it's gonna it's gonna stop. Um, no. I kind of I kind of wish it would. Um, that said, there are a ton of movies that do it that I really like. So, you know, yeah, it's just become kind of a trope mm-hmm. and maybe it's time to let it go for a little while. Yeah.
All right, let's get into the ghost scale. John, where would you put Bird Box on the ghost scale? Bird Box is a rad movie. You've got Netflix. Watch it. It's great. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's not perfect, um, but it's entertaining and it's very iconic. This movie is like what, what Tim was alluding to with the Bird Box challenge. This movie was uh just very, very popular. I think the idea of Sandra Bullock and everyone having to wear a, a blindfold was very iconic. And according to Netflix, this movie has been watched by 60 million people. So it was one of the biggest films they've released. Wow. If you think about Dang. the amount of people that watch this movie, that's more than Infinity War. So I don't think this movie would have made that much money in theaters. I think it would have done pretty well. I don't think it would have done that well. No. I don't think it would have done better than Infinity War. But <laughs> no. When, no. when everyone <laughs> has Netflix and then you have a movie like um, Bird Box that you just have Sandra Bullock with a blindfold. Apparently that's clickbait. Apparently um, it did really well. You know, the director of the movie, she's it's her first, you know, it's her first Hollywood film. She's on TV shows before that. I think, well, first really big one anyway. So I'm really glad that Netflix can give people a shot. I'm really glad that this movie exists. Um, and I'm, and it's clearly really popular and did really well. So, um, yeah, watch it. Bird Box. Travis. Yeah, I agree. I give it a rad. I think we, had probably about the same number of problems with it, even like if they were kind of different problems, but I think the pros definitely outweigh the cons on it by far. Um, I feel like the criticism of the, it's kind of continuing the trend of Netflix movies getting criticized more harshly than other movies just in, in what I'm seeing, I'm might be way off about that, but I think the criticisms have been a little unfair with it. Uh, I think it's, it's really solid overall and it's, it's fun to watch. You should definitely check it out. Yeah, I'm going to give it a rad also. Um, I am. I think this is like the perfect kind of movie for Netflix because I don't think it would have done anywhere near as successful in the theater just because, you know, it's expensive to go out to the movie theaters and there's a lot of movies out there these days that are, you know, all competing for your dollar. This one probably would have just got lost in the crowd, but releasing it on Netflix you know, the barrier to entry for people to watch it is so low that it's really easy to just pop it on because you've already paid for Netflix. You're already home. Might as well give it a shot. And then it's pretty good. It's entertaining. Like, I think that's a perfect fit for Netflix. Hey there, this is Travis from Truthful Ghost Radio. And thanks for listening to the show. If you like what we're doing here and want to help support us, I encourage you to head over to Truthful Ghost and click the little heart at the top of the page. You can help us fund the important work of this podcast and Truthful Ghost by supporting us on Patreon, which is a site for funding the things you love. If you fund us at a member level, you get awesome benefits. So head over to TruthfulGhost.com, find what funding level works for you, and support Truthful Ghost on Patreon today. I understand. It's an adventure game based on the Jerome F. Davies was a genius. See that bloke who went cuckoo and cut his wife's head off? If you were thinking, hey, a choose-your-own-adventure movie, Bandersnatch will be a light-hearted nostalgia trip, then you aren't familiar with Black Mirror. Charlie Brooker would never let us off that easy. Bandersnatch is about a game developer in the 80s making a game based on his favorite choose-your-own-adventure book, but his psyche starts to crumble as he feels he may not be in control of his own life, and you get to decide what he does next. 
lets you see the bigger picture. All right, Travis, what were your thoughts on Bandersnatch? I loved it. I thought that, you know, the plot of the the story itself wasn't stellar by any means, but just the the novelty of making a choose your own adventure movie really elevated it. I'd like to see more stuff done like this and Netflix is a great platform for it because it's all on some system that makes it interactive. So, you know, easily accessible and man, it was just so interesting. I I love some of the kind of tongue in cheek things, especially toward the end. I don't know if you guys went through all the different paths you could go through, but when you start telling him that you're watching him on Netflix and he's trying to explain what Netflix even is to him, that was freaking hilarious. I loved it. And I mean, I've, I've been a fan of, Almost every single episode of Black Mirror, if you're not familiar with Black Mirror, it's an anthology series. Every episode is its own story. And some of them have been kind of less amazing than the rest. But overall, I've truly loved that series. And this just just fits right in with it. It's that same kind of mood where something about technology has gone very wrong. And in this case, it's, you know, driving a man crazy (laughs) by controlling his every movement. Yeah, I loved every minute of it. John, what about you? Bandersnatch is a really interesting idea that was somewhat fun to navigate. I use navigate very literally here because you have to um, navigate through this um, film. And I'm an air quote film because it's it's a really interesting kind of film um, in that I don't really think that it's a movie exactly. It's kind of more like a game, which is which. I don't think I enjoy watching when I sit down a movie. I like to let it do its thing. Um, I don't want to repeat stuff. (laughs) I don't want to have to go back. I don't really kind of want to think about that kind of thing too much. I love playing video games uh, so much so that I create a video game website that some of you may have heard of. (laughs) But wait, no way. Really? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That said, you'd think that this would be a perfect um, thing for me, but I thought it was really interesting and it was a lot of fun at moments, but I don't think it was a for me. It was landed so well. Um, I just kind of wanted to figure out what was going on, but I also felt like when I made choices, um, they were so wild in terms of what would happen based on the choice. I like I don't. Um, yeah, for instance, there's this one choice where, you know, um, you either work from home or you go into the office and I decided to work from home and it was so, I I don't know if that's the only thing you can choose, by the way. I I don't know if that's, um, the only way to move forward with the show, but the choices were just so wildly different than going in. And I don't know. I, it was, it's, it's, it's fairly dark too, but I don't know. I, I, my, my thoughts are really all over on the place for this movie because I'm not even really sure what the story is exactly. Now I know that it's a character who knows that they're being watched and they're a video game designer way back in the day. And you're trying to navigate them through designing their game, I think. And then basically different things happen based on that. But I'm not really sure what the story was. I guess for me, the story sort of out how it turned out was um, you choose to work from home and then you, have a time where you you're kind of stressed and you're not able to make the game and then you go talk to the dude in his house and then I chose to jump off 
the um, you know, he's like, well, you got to kill yourself or I'm going to kill myself. And then I chose to kill myself. And then the game, it was like over or something. I can't even remember. So I don't know. It, it, for me, it wasn't so impactful, I guess. But you're right, Travis. It did have that incredible moment with Netflix. And that got a lot of fun. Um, I just kind of like let it loop and just kind of choose its own thing at one point. And I just watching it loop and go through all the endings and stuff. And at one point it just kept going. I don't know what happened, but it just kept showing me endings and this kind of thing. And uh, and that was fine. That that was totally fine. There's probably a lot that I missed, but I'm not sure that I care about rewatching more of it. Because, again, when I like sitting down for a movie, I'd like it to work its magic and that kind of thing. Um, or even a video game, you know what I mean? Just kind of sort of just like work its way through a story, knowing that there is like a bunch of other alternate endings and I have to spend 80 bajillion hours going through to try to find them isn't how I want to watch a film for me. So, but, uh, anyways, uh, that's kind of what I think about it, but, um, yeah, Bandersnatch, uh, yeah, that's what I thought about it. All right. So, um, I'm kind of in the, in the boat with Travis where I thought it was, really good and i think your enjoyment of this may uh be affected by your enjoyment of the show black mirror in general because it is very dark it is you know like there is i don't think there was a single happy ending in all the various endings that i got um so if you already like black mirror and you like that sort of dark almost depressing kind of like storytelling then you're really going to like this. If you don't and you want happy and just entertainment, you're going to want to go elsewhere. (laughs) Uh, That said, for just this type of somewhat interactive storytelling, I think it was a really good example of this, you know, where you're choosing different paths isn't just influencing the story, it's kind of like the reason the story exists in the first place like the whole you know depending on how you go through the story it's basically that this guy is being controlled by you know either you or this pack group or you know uh this demon packs uh your decisions kind of influence how he thinks he's being controlled but you know you're choosing for him is pivotal to the story. It's not just making the story branch off into different sections, you know? And I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I feel like they made you feel like a part of the movie in, in that sense, which was really well done. I did. I read a couple of the choose your own adventure books as a kid, and it was just basically choosing how to get from point A to point B. This one really made you feel like you were a character in the movie, which was really well done. I thought. Yeah. And John mentioned a little bit that, um, you know, occasionally he'd have it loop and have to go back through some scenes. Um, that happened to me a couple times, and it was usually pretty good about like fast, you know, flash forwarding. So it just kind of recaps the decisions that were made up to that point. Mm-hmm. Or there was a couple times I noticed where, um, even though it had seemed like a loop, certain things changed, certain characters said or reacted in a different way. Especially, um, oh, what was his name? Was it Colin? The, the other game designer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Colin, especially would his dialogue changed like every time you'd loop through and see him again. And it seemed like the main um, character started 
kind of remembering the loops he had been through a couple of times, which yeah. is really cool. And Colin was aware of all the different loops that he would go through. So like, uh, if you did the loop where Colin jumped off the roof before he did, or before he does, he says like, I'll see you around. And then when you go back through the loop, when you see him in the office, he says, I told you I'd see you around. Yeah. So, so yeah. So like, that's kind of cool. Um, and then also like with the branching storylines, certain options changed depending on if you had looped through it before. So I thought that was that was kind of cool. So it made it seem like it's not just like the story is looping, but it's actually like this guy is having to move back and forth through time. And each time he does, certain things change. And I thought it was a really, really clever way to work with this sort of limited interactivity that you can do through Netflix. Your fate has been dictated. All right, guys, let's get to the ghost scale. John, where would you place it on the ghost scale? I don't think we're going to have a whole lot of agreement between me and you guys in terms of the rating, but that's okay. That's what makes this stuff fun. Um, I'm trying to I'm not really sure if it's a skip it for me or a meh, but I, I guess because I thought the Netflix part was fun and the movie's not it's not a bad movie. Um, if they just cut it up and made it a movie, that would have been fine. Uh, I guess I give it a meh. It just it didn't work for me, but I really kind of appreciated it for what it was. And yeah, I just I it it didn't resonate with me. I don't think I'm going to come back and watch it. Um, but I, I, there was a lot of creativity here. And, and I really appreciated that the movie was you know, making a comment on the you know, the character was making a comment on all the things that we were doing. I just don't know what it really amounted to like i think for me like good movies are like um trying to say something more about people or say something more about where we're going or the human condition i don't really think this movie to me said anything like like that um you know i could compare it to bird box i think bird box is about um preparing yourself for motherhood or being a parent and maybe some people are less prepared and maybe they don't you know, appreciate their kids. Uh, maybe they're kind of, you know, in a funk or depression or whatnot. And then it's dealing with that. You know what I mean? I think that other really good movies um, can kind of like speak to you. Um, and I don't know if this movie spoke to me in that way. So I, I don't know. It just was largely flat for me. So I think that's why it gets the meh rating. All right, Travis, what about you? Uh, brief aside before I go into that, John, you mentioned the the human condition, and I thought that it did a fairly good job with that in the fact that, you know, every loop ends with the game review, and the only way to get a perfect game review is to absolutely destroy the developer. It's like a a balancing act between his mental health and the end product. Like you can either choose to take care of him and make the game suck or basically destroy him and get a really good game. And I thought that was an interesting critique about game development and tech in general in that sense. But I can also see why it didn't really land for you because that's, it's not an incredibly deep look at human condition, but I did think it did that part pretty effectively. I think um, overall, like total experience i'd probably give it a really high rad but the fact that this is a like really the first choose your own adventure movie like this um 
There is the Minecraft um, movie on Netflix that has the same kind of allow you to choose your way through it. So if you're looking that that came out first, I, I don't mean to play comic book guy here, but well, that's but there really, is another that's like one a on Telltale Netflix. adventure game, isn't it? Like it, it is, and it's on Netflix, is, and you can they, play yeah, it there. They, yeah, they set it up on Netflix, so yeah. you can you can play it through Netflix. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's also um, over on uh, on Netflix. Also, there's a like a series of Puss in Boots like cartoons, you know, the, like the Shrek spinoff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they're also interactive where you can make the storyline branch in a couple different areas. Oh, cool. Yeah. I would think of Minecraft story mode as more of a game than a movie, but this really does blur the line of it. I'm not really sure. That's, that's what I was about to say is like, just because of the novelty of it and the interesting kind of technique of telling the story, I would give it a must watch or a must play depending on how you categorize it just because you know it's <laughs> it's new and interesting and it's something that you should try out even though the movie bandersnatch might not be must watch material the whole experience is must play or must watch yeah so i'm giving it a must play or must watch depending on how you want to categorize it as well i i really enjoyed it but i like this kind of crazy dark you know kind of storytelling um so this was this was right up my alley. Uh, in one of the early scenes of the movie, uh, Colin says that uh, you know to make a game like this, when he's referring to the the game that the your main character is trying to develop, it takes a bit of badness. And so that kind of gives you the hint that if you want the game to turn out good, you have to basically drive the protagonist crazy and over the edge. Um. And I thought that was kind of clever that at the end you could look back and see that, you know, any decisions you made to try and, yeah, go easy on the developer, make his life a little bit better, end up making the game turn out bad. So it's what ending you want to push towards. Do you want the game to be well reviewed or do you want him to have a semblance of a normal life? (laughs) You can't you can't have both. And one last thing to mention, if you guys listen to this and think, hey, I want to go watch black mirror and you start with the very first episode. Don't get discouraged by that one because that one, like, you know, having the prime minister bang a pig on live TV is not the general tone of the show. Like it does. It doesn't, it isn't all like that. (laughs) That is very true. And I've, I've sold the TV show to several people and I always tell them maybe skip that first episode. Just jump into episode two. (laughs) Yeah. If you like it, you can stick with the series and then go back and watch the first episode. But that first one is pretty weird. And I think it turned a lot of people off, (laughs) which is a shame because the series is great. Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show and thanks for listening.